0: Today is Monday, November 22nd. The title for our devotional is Story of Reconstruction, Freedom From, For Freedom To. This is the week after our conference week, and I hope you're able to join us for our courses and soul care night. It was a great week of growing together as a church community. But this being the second week, we're going to continue with our stories of reconstruction for the devotional, which we started last week. So before we dive into our story today, however, let's begin with a brief scripture reading for our devotional. It's John 8:31 to 38. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. In brief here, our cultural concept of freedom being freedom from all restraints is not the biblical concept of freedom. In the biblical framework, Jesus has set us free from our sins so that we can give ourselves in service to God, that is, uh, hold to Jesus' teaching, as he says in verse 31, and in service to one another in the church. So for additional content this week, again, we've recorded interviews uh, with some folks within our church and some uh, outside of our church that we're calling Stories of Reconstruction. They're simply stories uh, that relate to the topic that we're talking about today and we've been talking about throughout this campaign. For today's story, I sat down and interviewed um, John Hainstock to hear his story of pursuing freedom in the occupational space and what he's learned through that experience. Hey everyone, we're here with another conversation. Uh, This week, remember, we are having conversations with various people in the church to hear their stories of Reconstruction and to hear how um, how they're processing and how they've seen some of these themes play out in their lives. So I think, uh, again, the real value of this is just hearing real-life stories of the things that we have been talking about and more opportunities to kind of cement these things in our minds. So I'm here today with, uh, with John Hainstock, and we're talking about the freedom from uh, versus freedom to idea that we talked about earlier in this campaign. So, John, how are you doing? Doing well. Good to be here. Thanks, man. So, yeah, when we're talking about freedom, from um, I thought I thought it'd be great to hear your story and to hear your um, your thoughts on this topic because one, you're a very thoughtful guy, and two, I know your occupation. So let's just start here with your occupation, your work, being self-employed, uh, starting your own company, having your own company. You really have a lot of opportunity. You have a lot of freedom. Like you can choose what you're working on here today. Tomorrow might be something totally different. And how have you, first of all, come to find like having this much freedom within your, within your work life? How have you come to find structures or s- how have you created systems that, that have helped you uh, be productive and really found that having just blanket freedom, let's get to this idea, blanket freedom just isn't, like, it, it's, it's not helpful. It's too much, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, so in my line of work, um, I'm in software development and, um, I had a company that I was able to build and grow and then sell. So during that process of like getting to an actual business idea and the whole goal of building a business in the beginning was freedom actually. So it was centered around freedom. A lot of the ideas that came out of this book by Tim Ferriss called the four hour work week, um, were like pretty influential to me at the time Um, There were some other resources at the time that were really appealing to me about like lifestyle design, like uh, how you build your life and how you shouldn't necessarily have to work nine to five all the time and just a different way to work in general. And that was super appealing to me. It was something that was very attractive. And I think that in America, like the the idea is that freedom, like maximum freedom is the ultimate goal. So I kind of went through that process of, Heading towards that what you would call a lifestyle business where your business is designed to serve you, you're not you know serving your business in a way. Mm-hmm. And went down that path, was able to achieve it at you know some level of success. And uh, during that period, I remember just really struggling because when you're given like a total uh, kind of free day, free uh, week, whatever it is, it can be kind of uh, daunting for a number of reasons. But I think in that you lose. You lose like this feeling of, of meaning and purpose if you're not filling that with uh, activities that are serving other people or, or, or helping um, other people. And so I think I've kind of gone through this transition in the last uh, year or two of selling my company and realizing all these things of, um, you know, freedom is not the ultimate goal, actually. Like freedom should afford you the ability to figure out those things in, in which you can um, take away certain freedoms. Uh, so that you can actually make an impact. And, and then that is actually more fulfilling, uh, more meaningful. And, you know, as Christians, like that is more meaningful than actually just a life of pure freedom. And so, yeah, I think I went through a, a big shift as I look back at the last you know decade of my life uh, in my career of wanting to just pursue freedom 100%. And that was the goal. And it sounded like a, it sounds like a great goal, actually. Like if you talk to people... Nobody's going to be like, nah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you if you're like, if you say, hey, I want to get rich, some people are like, yeah, that's not cool, <laughs> right? Like, that's exactly. not as cool. But if somebody's like, yeah, oh, I just want freedom. I just mm-hmm. that, that's all I want. I don't really yeah. care about the money, which is like usually kind of a cop out, and it's usually not even true. But I think that ultimately, people who get to that level of freedom and and they have nothing, I think that can be very uh, challenging because then they lose meaning, they lose purpose, they lose uh, fulfillment in, in, in other areas. And so, yeah, I've kind of been wrestling through this thing. I wouldn't say I, I have it all figured out, but it's something I think about a lot, uh, trying to design, uh, my life in a way that, uh, isn't just about maximum freedom, <laughs> Yeah, you know, even though it's possible, even though uh, you could reduce the amount of hours that you work as much as you want. And, um, you still got to fill that time with things that, that bring meaning and mm-hmm. purpose. So,
0: yeah, I think it's important to, it's important to just state at the outset, like we're not talking about, uh, we're talking about self limitations of freedom. We're not talking about others like imposing limitations on your freedom uh, in in like an authoritarian sense. We're talking more just like this pursuit of absolute freedom. We're talking about how, when, when we pursue and have absolute freedom, uh, what do we do with that? And how do we, how do we live a life of meaning as you were saying in that? So, uh, I guess, can you, can you kind of, Take us through some of your thought process now. Was, was there something that kind of started this this thought process of moving from your pursuit of maximum freedom to um, recognizing some of the limitations and structures that uh, you needed to create purpose? Is there was there an event? Was there a moment that you kind of realized that, or was it just kind of a slow realization, or just something that you started unpacking and thinking through?
1: Yeah, I think it's like the classic um, experience of when you, when you get there, when you get to a certain level uh, of freedom or whatever it is, uh, whatever you're chasing, w- when you get that thing that you're chasing, you realize it's not really as rewarding as you thought it would be. And so for me, it was a gradual progression because um, our company took many years to actually get to that place where we could step aside for a day, a week, or whatever it was at a time. But then I would notice myself being really restless. And I would say like uh, I characterize the last five years of my life as like restless to a degree because I'm trying to make sense of what do I do with that time that is, um, meaningful, fulfilling, uh, and, and like God glorifying. And for me personally, like I look at a lot of the things where I have other friends that have crazy amounts of hobbies or they're, you know, involved in, um, just things that really are interesting to them. And I don't really have a lot of those myself. I don't have a lot of hobbies and I have a lot of things that, uh, take away, uh, my mental energy or, or even, you know, whatever physical energy, all all of that attention. Um, I have my family, I have my work and, uh, the integration of that and the church. And, um, but there's not really a lot of these extra things that I wanted to spend that time doing. You know, I feel like if you gave that to somebody who was like, man, if I had freedom, all I would do is fish all day because yeah. like that, Oh my gosh, like if you, you know, you had this, mm-hmm. this much time. Um, and I think the people who are wired that way will naturally just make time for those things anyways. Mm-hmm. And like at, sometimes at the cost of other relationships or, you know, the high cost of actually doing those activities. And so when I look at uh, that, I didn't really have that to fill those gaps. Like I wasn't going to go golfing for you know every day or something like that. That just wasn't super interesting to me. And so I realized kind of through that process of getting to a spot where you could get to choose how you wanted to spend your time. It wasn't something that brought a lot of fulfillment actually. Like it was cool being able to, to have that freedom for sure. And it's much better than somebody else dictating your, right your life. Like, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound ungrateful or like in a place where it's like less freedom is, is, is necessarily like the goal either in terms of somebody else putting that on you, right? That's not, I don't think that like you said that before, that's not really the goal. But I think for me, it was, yeah, this is not, this doesn't bring any extra joy, adding a bunch of more time on it. And I think the same is true of money. And I know we're not really talking about money there, Mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of parallels there of, you know, people think, well, if I just make a million dollars, then I'll be super happy, fulfilled, and then I'm going to do all the cool things that I want to be able right. to do. Right. And maybe somebody, some people will. You talk to a lot of people who get to that place and that's actually, that's not how it works. Like mm-hmm. they get there and they're like, no, nah, it actually isn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Or yeah, it wasn't, you know, it was to a certain degree, but then it was like over in like 20 minutes. Right. And then I'm like, now <laughs> what? You know, <laughs> now what? Yeah, now, I guess right. like, you know, and so I think the same concept is true of freedom and we idolize it so much in this culture that, uh, it's, it can be sneaky. Mm -hmm. You can can think it's a really good goal to go after as an American. Like you can, you think it's a really awesome thing to pursue because nobody's, nobody's going to tell you it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah. I think you hit it on the head there. There's a lot of, so many folks are, who are looking to the future to say, once I have, once I reach retirement and I have maximum freedom to choose what to do, then, then I'll begin doing service. Then I'll be Then I'll get involved with a nonprofit. Then I'll, whatever the, this goal is, once I have that time, or I like your comparison to money too, once I have, once I have reached a certain level of financial stability, then I can be generous. Then I can start doing all of these things. So somebody who's sort of like made it in especially the freedom aspect of time, uh, you've had that. So what would you say to a younger you who is just like striving for, for that, and like I, making that the goal, looking forward ahead to that so much. Now, I know even when you were when you were working like within your company and building your company, you were still very involved in the church, still doing a lot outside of that. So this isn't, wasn't necessarily your experience more not what you were practically doing, but more what you were thinking, what was going on in your heart, your your will, what you were desiring. What would you say to to a younger you or somebody? who's wrestling with that stuff right now and those thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I can just speak to myself now because I still wrestle with those ideas. I think that it's such a, like I said, sneaky It's probably mm. the best way I describe it. It's a sneaky thing that you can kind of fall prey to. And I think it's easy because you look around and gosh, I hate blaming social media, but if you look around to the left and the right of you, somebody always has something that you think will mm is better than where you're at, whatever life circumstance it is right. or, or better things or this or that. And so I think that for me, even speaking to myself, um, for future self, um, cause I've by no means mastered any of this. I think that it's to remember and to reflect on, um, what really matters most, which is using the time that you do have using the resources you do have in a kingdom kingdom minded way in a, um, a God glorifying way. So, I think that's really the the main message I would say to myself and to anybody who is kind of uh, wrestling with that or just like obsessed with this idea of leveling up in terms of the amount of freedom you have or leveling up in terms of the amount of money you have is to say well, you know, taking what you do have right now and focusing more on how you can steward that versus some future some future version of that mm-hmm. because it, it's just um, it's exponentially more rewarding and fulfilling. And I believe God honoring too, um, mm-hmm. to be able to use it in the moment that you have it versus waiting. So yeah, I think that's what part of it. Um, I think the other part of it for me, when I look back and, and I see just my struggles through this, um, over the last few years is to not identify so much around like a per like this persona that has those things, Um, Because I think like that was another thing that I really idolized along the way was these people were these people who had kind of made it in that way. The guys like the Tim Ferriss of the world or the uh, the people that travel all the time. And they're just like nomads, digital nomads. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was an element for me of just idolizing that that life and thinking, wow, like that's so that's so cool. That's so different. And I want to be you know, I want to do something different with my life. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Mm And so I think just like this idea that like you're you can't just model your life after something that you've seen out in the world as you you don't really want Tim Ferriss's life, right? You don't really want somebody else's life. What you really want are you know deep relationships with a handful of people and uh, you know community that you serve and people that you care about. Like those are the kind of things that you really want. Um, but I think it's easy to trick yourself into thinking, no, if I was just like you know, with all that free time, I would just, you know, travel the world. I'd, you know, have all these experiences and uh, there, there is a lot of that that is great. Uh, so I'm not trying to diminish that. Um, but I think that's like, it's a facade. I think, you know, it's, it, it really is. It, it feels like a, something that's not worth pursuing in the long run.
0: Yeah. As you were talking I was reminded of one of the quotes that I brought up in the, in the campaign was from Tim Keller, where he said, freedom is not the absence of limitations and constraints, but it's finding the right ones, those that fit our nature and liberate us. So you kind of mentioned some of them already, but what, what were some of those constraints that you'd say, like, fit your nature and actually liberated you?
1: Yeah, uh, again, still trying to figure this out. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's the, for me, the places where I feel most in God's pe- like plan or most in God's will is when I... I have this feeling of alignment between what I can actually offer um like something I'm decent at and what somebody else needs and I think that the opportunities that are the most impactful that I've had experience in my life being on you know a receiving end are when they're out of the ordinary, so I think um like consistently serving and stuff like that there's always that's great and I think it's wonderful, but I also think that there are these areas where God just pokes your heart to be super generous in, in a moment or super, um, whether that's with your time or your money. And I think those are some really great opportunities to use that free, freedom, to leverage that freedom to serve people. And then I, I think it actually changes a person who, like you yourself as somebody who's trying to give things away or um, the other person on the other side. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I, I model this well. I think that that somebody who had really modeled this well that I met was, uh, Darren uh, Nicholson. And, um, he had done such a good job of just being intentional with people and just trying to meet a need in the moment. And that was always uh, super inspiring to me and something like I want to try to do more of in my life. But I do think it's, it is setting, it's laying your life down, right? Like, so it's laying your life down in some way or another during your busy day, during your busy week, whatever it is, in order that you can you know serve somebody else, and hopefully I think this is where for me it like actually feels like the most meaningful is either I am well equipped like to do you know to help or whatever, or it's like it doesn't need to be like you don't need to have skills right like you can just be a body and you can just be there to do it right. um, so those are the areas where I feel like the most uh, the most meaning and the most purpose, and
0: yeah joy I think that's so important to not be so. I guess, have so much tunnel vision that we miss some of those divine moments or like happenings around us that we're we're just not paying attention. And I think you're absolutely right in that. We often, we're just on to the next thing. And it's not even because that we're that busy. It's because we've kind of created a structure in our head or our our mental agenda that we have to get to this next thing to get it done. That we miss so much of what God is doing right around us in the interruptions or in those in those moments that we weren't planning things that we weren't yeah. thinking about. And, and you're absolutely right. Darren was such a good example is such a good example of someone who would see those things and take advantage of them in the moment. It's very inspiring. Yep. And I Yeah. It's your point. I think that's the, um,
1: when you're in those moments, right? So it's like, it's, uh, it's having, creating enough slack in your life to have those moments. Mm-hmm. So with the freedom that we do have, I think it's easy for us just to, pile on commitment after commitment after yep. commitment um, and just fill our life with a lot of stuff. Yep. But I do think that like some of the best areas that you can, you know, serve or, you know, help somebody grow in their faith or whatever it is, are actually in those like places where you leave some slack. You know, you have mm-hmm. slack in between your meetings, you have slack in between some of the stuff because it gives you room for that stuff. Otherwise I feel like it's just so easy to go burn through your entire day, entire week, entire month entire year and to realize like you didn't, you didn't make space for anything right. else. You right. didn't, you know, there were no gaps where you could actually have this, serendipitous kind of, you know, if you want to call them God moments. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like actually one of the best uses of freedom is creating enough slack, not just filling it up with things that you yeah. think are going to, you know, boost your, your identity and your work or ego or whatever it is. It's like using those gaps to just like be present And and notice the people around you, or notice the situations around you. Yeah. So that's probably the one of the best uses of of time freedom for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think what do they say? Uh, Giving and um, service happens within the margins, right? It's Mm. when you have margin, and you and and we use our freedom to build margin into our calendar. Because if we're honest, when we look at our schedule, if we look at our whatever you use a paper planner or calendar on your phone, whatever, if you look at it and you look at how many things in there are optional or things that you have chosen to spend your time doing, there's plenty of margin there. Like we Mm -hmm. all have the same amount of time in the day. This goes back to all like calendar scheduling and all of that stuff, but we all have the same amount of time in the day. It's just how we're choosing to use it. Especially when we think of how much time we spend on entertainment or time on our phone or, or just doing stuff that isn't really all that meaningful now. Instead of focusing and prioritizing scheduling time to, you know, be with God, to slow down scheduling time to Sabbath and take a break and to rest and all of those things that give us perspective Mm -hmm. so that we, so that we can in the moment when something happens, we're not so stressed. We're not so like going on to the next thing, but by scheduling and planning, using our freedom to uh, commit ourselves to God, to commit ourselves to his word to one another and planning times for us to just be available I've been thinking about that a little bit too, because I was talking to someone who was recently retired and and just planning to be available.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's just a really hard discipline, right? I think it's hard to say no to things, and I think some people um, they just don't, just because of the way that their life is, because of their um, you know financial circumstance or whatever mm-hmm. it is, don't have as much margin as other people in, in their day to do yeah. that. And so some of that's chosen, some of that's maybe not chosen, but I do think that um, it, it's a really difficult thing to say no so that you do have some space. So you do have some of that gap. And I, I always feel guilty saying no. So I think it's like i um, speaking to myself here a lot is just that the margin, having that that area of where you can just be with somebody. You can just be mm-hmm. in that moment. Like I'm just here with you right now, right? Like I'm not thinking about what I got in 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's like a luxury, like that's a luxury of like, like the, the time I have right now, leaving some gaps or leaving some margin in on, um, mm-hmm. is great because it does offer you that you the brain space, the mind space, even just to be there, uh, for it instead of just looking at the next thing.
0: Right. And there are seasons of life where <laughs> this margin isn't, <laughs> it's just not possible, right? Exactly. In some, yep. in some cases, so if you're in that season of life, we well, don't want to to make you feel like you're doing something wrong necessarily. There there are certainly seasons where or there just margin just isn't possible based yep. on you've got a new baby at home or toddlers everywhere, like stuff like that. There's there's plenty of times in life where we just gotta hustle and we just don't have a ton of margin in our life. But that's where that's where the big block habits I think are super important is when we've we've built into our regular rhythm things like church things things like relationships and meaningful conversations and meetings and things like meeting with God do those things when you have the time and you have the freedom so that when the margin begins to decrease then those are still staples that's when you'll really start to see the fruit of those of those disciplines in your life and that's why we call them disciplines right
1: yeah or even just you know taking that if you are to- totally strapped don't have a lot of margin. You know, I think about Bevan redoing this entire building and like <laughs> the amount of hours and time and sweat and, um, you know, blood and tears he's put into this thing. And, uh, but through that process, you know, he was very uh, intentional about bringing people alongside of that and mm-hmm. keeping his relationships, um, you know, even if it was just people hammering away with him, you know, mm-hmm. on certain things. Yep. And so I think like there's still a way that even if you're, you lack the certain margin to be super intentional, uh, along the way. And something that uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm amazing at either. So I think that whatever time you do have, whatever uh, things you do have, try to try to be in the moment with them and try to, uh, which is super cliche, but it, I, I think it's really true. Mm-hmm. Try to stay in that moment and not just be, you know, so future focused. It's a hard thing for me, for sure.
0: That's so good. not easy. The idea of bringing people along with you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Again, Bevan is so good at that. All right. Any any closing thoughts or final ideas you want to bring up?
1: No, I mean I <laughs> I just caveat all this everything I said by just saying that like I I think I just wrestle with this probably um, not just because of my circumstance, but I've I've wrestled with this for a long time, and so I don't th- I don't I hope I don't come across like I've got this figured out um, or, or anything like that. Um, the biggest fear for me is being misunderstood and how I communicate some of these things. So I think that for me, it's just a constant, a constant evaluation of how am I spending my time and my energy and the, and attention and my money and all that kind of stuff. And just consistently reevaluating those things along the way. If whether I have a lot of time, whether I have a lot of those things or very little of those things is kind of like, it's just a, uh, a discipline, I feel like, in itself, that's a valuable th- exercise to go through. So,
0: yeah, that's it. Self reflection is key. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks, John.
1: Cool.